Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. And my patron peeps, thanks for sticking with me, patrons. Thanks for being there, you know, so I can be there for you. What a, you know, really does that wonderful community garden thing we got going here. So thanks for helping. And uh, yeah, what do you say we get on with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, changes in time, temperature, work schedule... Uh, you know, just something situational. Maybe you got something big coming up uh, or you're on the road. Whatever it is, I'm here to help uh, because I care and I've been there and I do believe you deserve a good night's sleep. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. Those dulcet tones are kind of sweet and they're kind of creaky like a door, you know, or like something... You see, it's, it kind of sounds like that uh, old chest, uh, chest of drawers. Uh, oh, old chest of drawers? I think that was, uh, um, oh, maybe we'll go back to that. I think chest of drawers is a big part of my childhood and uh, the podcast. It's been a while since I talked about that. Uh, but anyway, if you're new, I'm trying to create a safe place uh, so that you have room to get comfortable in the space that you're in. And uh, here's, uh, let's see, so, yeah, Creaky Dulcet Tones, Pointless Meanders. Trying to think what else, uh, now that I have Chester drawers on my mind, I'm going to be a bit distracted, but that's the whole idea of the show. So structurally, if you're new, what to expect. uh, Show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep it free for everybody. Uh, Then there's an intro, which is kind of like a a little bit like an orientation, where I say, okay, I'm going to go through how the podcast works and uh, give you some pointers that you don't need to follow. And then I'm going to go off topic uh, because it's a a podcast where I go off topic all the time. And I'll probably talk about Chester Drawers and the uh, Taunton uh, Field Days. And those of you that have been listening for a while, you probably heard this before, but uh, I may not have realized the name Chester Drawers, which could still be wrong. Uh, but so that's the intro. It's about 12 minutes of me trying to explain the podcast, which a normal, you know, efficient person could do in two or three minutes, but then they wouldn't be really putting you to sleep. They'd be, uh, kind of, they'd be saying, hurry up, go to sleep, which doesn't, I haven't found works for me. So you could start the intro as you're getting ready for bed. You could start it once you get in bed. You could start it as you're, you know, winding down or you're already trying to drift off. You know, if you're new, just kind of see how it goes and then uh, adjust from there. Like, give it two or three tries. Uh, That's what almost every listener says. Uh, Oh, I gave it two or three tries. A few people say, I gave it one try. Uh, Didn't like the, you know, then I said, that's not for me. Then a year or two later, came back to it. 
it gave it two more tries, and now I've been listening for two or three years. I get that email, and I say, that's great. That's an open-minded person. That's a person that, you know, but so just see how it goes, uh, because I'm not I'm not everyone's first choice. Let's just be honest, uh, whether it's uh, school dances, uh, I never ran for elections, you know, dates for school dances, uh, dance partners, uh, partners in sporting events, uh, you know, those kind of things. I'm not everybody's first choice, but you say, well, okay, maybe around the, tw- you, 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 you'll see, you say, oh, okay, now that you've been on my team a few times, or now that I know you, we could be friends. I said, well, that wasn't the point uh, with the dance. I was hoping to get picked, uh, not as, as uh, or I was going to be the star, even though I'm not good at this sport, I was hoping I'd be picked to be the star of the team, coach. I was just explaining that to my daughter, how I thought I was going to be the star of this one team. And I tried to explain it to the coach, and the coach said, but you're not actually good at what you want to be a star at. Uh, so why don't you just sit here on the bench and crack jokes uh, and test my patience? And I said, coach, you are you definitely know what you're doing because that is what I'm good at, testing patience. Uh, holy cow, you you picked the right kid for that. I still do that as an adult. So if you're new, see how the podcast goes. Give it a few tries. Uh, and oh, so I think I was trying to think of the explain the intro. So that's the intro. Uh, give the podcast a few tries. Then there'll be a story. Tonight it'll be an unboxing of a board game, uh, of a brand new special edition board game that I picked up uh, recently. It's uh, themed around a, a popular TV show, so that'll be fun. And then. Um, yeah, I think that's that's, and then there'll be some thank yous at the end. So it's the structure of the show. This is one of the few podcasts you don't need to listen to. You can listen to it, or you don't have to. You could turn me down to a mumble. There are people that don't understand anything of what I'm saying, either because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and I hear from those those listeners, uh, they take the time to say, "I don't even know what you're talking about, but it works." Uh, so I appreciate that. So you can turn me really down low. Or you can listen, but there's no pressure to listen. I guess that's the main thing. I think I was talking about something about that earlier, but I already forgot. Uh, so no need to listen or, or pay attention or even pretend to. Like, you don't have to send me any emails and say, oh, Scoots, I'm sorry, I don't listen to the podcast, but I sleep to it. You know, I usually say, thanks, thanks, that's exactly my job. But uh, if you can't sleep, I'm going to be here till the end to keep you company. So don't worry. Uh, and if you want to, you can lie, because I know how it feels uh, on that side of things, too. So while I don't want to feel any pressure, listen, I also don't want you to feel any pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour, and there's 300 episodes ready to go if you need them. So uh, I'm here. I put I put effort in all the way to the end of the show. So no pressure to listen, no pressure to fall asleep. I do want you to, to, to know that I truly, deeply, deeply deserve, deeply believe you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, you deserve some nourishing rest uh, and some comfort. And a friend in the deep, dark night, a protector, if, you know, maybe uh, you say, well, I'm trying to create a safe place. I don't know if I'm quite a protector. Now, some of you might be saying, Scoots, what was that Chester Drawers thing? Okay, so I think uh, one of the first times, I think it was the first time I ever performed on stage uh, 
was at the Taunton Field Days by my house. It was like a fundraiser uh, for a volunteer uh, helping department. And uh, they had, would had a tent, and they would kind of, I don't know if this was like uh, where this was in the workers' contracts, but uh, I don't know if this was the weather person. And I want to say his name was Denny. This is in like uh, in Syracuse, New York, right on the border of the city and the county and the town of, uh, I don't know if there is a town of Taunton, but in, for those of you who are trying to spell things, uh, I think it's spelled T-A-U uh, Taunton. I don't know, T-A-U-N-T-O-N or something. Also, there used to be a, a, a place to get uh, donuts there, Maury's Mill. I don't know if they ever had cider there, but uh, anyway, so they had this tent, and so the weather people and the people from the news would come, I guess, to say, hey, you got four channels of news or three channels of news, you, you know, like a politician. And this guy, Denny, I believe he had come to our school. He was on the, he, sometimes he would be on the show Saturday Showboat, which was our more local morning show with the crafty lady. And uh, she would make stuff out of, uh, like, uh, what are those things called? Tongue depressors or whatever. I just love that name, Crafty Lady. That's the best name for any character on the show, any show. But so, oh, so this guy, Denny, he had a, a ventriloquist dummy named, I believe was, his name was Chester Drawers. Uh, he looked a bit like if Grover, and I don't know how many people, well, you, you know that, uh, that Mr. Rogers uh, movie's coming out. So I don't know. There's like the, um, there's like the woman puppet on there. Like, I think her main name may be Lady Elaine or something. If she and Grover were made into a ventriloquist dummy, of course you'd say, please don't bring that where children are. But old Denny brought Chester drawers and he was pretty good. He was a very good ventral, like a performer. You know, I don't know if he was like they went to him for the hard news because maybe I don't even know if he did weather. But because I was just a little kid, but they did say, hey, does any kids want to come up and tell a joke? And I always told this joke uh, that I took from a joke book. I'm not very good with remembering jokes or anything. And I don't know how I got the courage to do this because usually I'm not not into this getting the attention thing, even as a kid. But I went up there and I said, what did the mama go, what did the mama, um, uh, nighttime Casper friend that lives in the big farm in the sky, say to the baby Casper friend who lives in the big farm in the sky, or spiritual being, what did the mother spiritual being uh, say to the baby spiritual being? And then the crowd was slack-jawed, and then Chester said, one day you're going to be a sleep pod, you're putting me to sleep, kid. But I actually said the shorter version, and they said, fasten your... Oh, when they got in the car. I forgot that part. They're either in the car. The mother, uh, uh, Casper, uh, being, you know, translucent being, and the baby, yeah, Casper, translucent being. When they get in the car, what is... It's, I guess it's not a baby, though, because the baby wouldn't do... The child... See, I, I, I've been, I was born to do this. And I said, fasten your seatbelt. That's what she said. And then I think I got a bumper sticker out of that. I think that it was Channel 5 that Denny worked for. Maybe his name wasn't Denny. I don't know. 
hopefully he doesn't like it. That's not like an ignamious name or something. Cause I say, Oh God, I can't, now I got to edit all this out. Chester drawers was a, you know, inspiration for R.L. Stein. Uh, but so I don't know what my point is there other than to say, I kind of go off topic anyway. And I don't always make a lot of po- good points. I mean, I think I just showed that, but, uh, yeah, well, I was just thinking of Chester Drawers. So that was just the name of that uh, that uh, puppet. Uh, I don't. I, I feel I, I, it's strange, but I, I guess it, like because of uh, I don't want to call things dummies uh, because it, you know not only one I don't want to get on the bad side, but two I just say well, what if I call it? How do you feel about being called a puppet? And they'd say. Well, how do you feel about because? And I say, okay, well, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to. I'm trying to be empathetic and compassionate to you, actually, not get a smart aleck answer out. And they said, well, you should have thought of that when you're on the bench of that sports team you were on, when you were pretending that one of the other kids on the bench with you was your ventriloquist. Uh, and I say, oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, you think that was Tony or Rich or? Uh, uh, one of the kids, uh, the kid from Germany or the kid from France, uh, cause those were the kids on the bench with me I'm trying to think who else was on there. Those were good days. So those were good times. So anyway, so that's it. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. My job is to take your mind off stuff and keep you company. I'm glad you're here. I believe her and I work very hard. I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. Uh, and here's a couple of ways we keep the show free for everybody. All right. Hey, everybody. It's time for another uh, board game unboxing. Board, board game unboxing. And this one is a version of a game we've unboxed. Uh, I think it was right before the start of the final GOT season. But this is a branded version of this. I saw it on sale. I couldn't not buy it. Uh, I just uh, took off the wrapping before I started recording, so I haven't opened the box yet. So I don't know what's in it. It's uh, I forget what the version of the game. It's like uh, uh, Dinosaurs and Dino Pals. Uh, or Downstairs and Dino Pals is the name of the g- game. It goes by other names. It's a role-playing game. It has some other famous names, but that I forget. Now, this one is based on a TV show that just ended its, uh, or not a TV show, a Netflix program that you watch on your screen. A stream, I don't know what you call it, but uh, it's one, the th- third season just came came out. I've only watched uh, 50% of the third season just because I went on a trip and, uh, it's I don't like as a parent I say okay this is a show I want to watch I don't I don't share with my kid my kid because I, but so it's a famous show uh, very well known it's uh, the show called Otter Things now you might think who's this the new Emmett Otter uh, show uh, procedural and I say no no that's yet to, I just thought of that idea let me lock that down even though I don't own any of the IP but anybody from the Henson Company. If you want to get in on that sweet, sweet action with me, since you, I, I guess I, if you want to let me in on it, uh, Otter Things, O-T-T-E-R Things, uh, we could do it. It wouldn't be a parody, maybe, or it could be. A, I don't know if it would be. Maybe, wow, that would be great. Uh, and I'm an Emmett Otter tri- tribute to the show that sounds like that, or the whole show recreated with Emmett Otter as uh, one of the characters. Who would Emmett Otter be? 
uh, we could discuss that over the this program. Uh, but no, this is a famous TV show, Odder Things, O-D-D, I think it's spelled O-D-D-E-R, uh, Things, uh, set in the 1980s, uh, strongly influenced by pop culture, spanning those decades, uh, by the Duffer Brothers, a br- brilliant, brilliant uh, show uh, that caught everybody's imagination just because uh, it was familiar yet new, and that's what uh, people love. Uh, you say, okay, this is stuff I was familiar, it's new. Great casting, great writing, great directing, and great performances. But this is a role-playing game based on the TV show Otter Things. And if you remember Otter Things, uh, it did have, it, it was, uh, let's see, how do I say this? Uh, there was also a, an 80s movie with a character, uh, Gizmo, who was a fuzzy little bear. Anybody, I don't know if they still have snug, the Snuggle Bear for Snuggle Fabric Softener. Or I guess Ted, there was that movie Ted, uh, uh, like, because uh, Ted looks a lot like this bear from Snuggle to commercials. Like, I didn't see, like, uh, but anyway, so uh, Gizmo was as cute as either one of those two bears, uh, but almost, almost kind of only part bear. And Gizmo's a bane, believe it or not, Gizmo's an antagonist, uh, in Otter Things, uh, because uh, Gizmo is uh, like a li- little bit like a Tribble from the Star Trek movies. I realize this is confusing, but it, you know, it's confusing in a sleepy way. Uh, but this does come with two... Uh, uh, now, in this movie, it, he's called uh, De- Demi-Gizmo. Uh, and I don't know if that's because he's like... Uh, I don't know what the, the Greek root or the Latin root D-E-M-I stands for. There's demi-glaze and there's demi-gizmo because uh, he's larger than this. But this comes with two exclusive demi-gizmo figures included. It's made by Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro Gaming. On the cover it has Will Byers and one of the demi-gizmos. Hopefully this doesn't reveal any of the plot of the third season because that would be a bummer for me. And it says dragon, dinosaurs and downstairs starter set. Everything you need to embark on an Otter Things adventure, O-D-D-E-R. Though we could rewrite it for Otter Things. Maybe I'll be Emmett Otter if I actually play this game. Uh, ages 14 plus, uh, three plus players. It also says ES, uh, E3702. It's a red with a little bit of, um, what is that called? When it looks like it's a, like a film, when the, the imperfections in film maybe. Uh, then on the bi- bi- back cover it says again, uh, dinosaurs and downstairs, odder things, embark on a, Downstairs and Dinosaurs Adventure created by Mike. So one of the main characters from Outer Things is Mike. Mike Wheeler from Hawkins, Indiana. This is quoting the back of it. Uh, create an awesome Downstairs and Dinosaurs Adventure. Now you get to play it. You get to pick your character. Will you be Will the Wise, Dustin the Dwarf? Uh, get your fireballs ready as you investigate the mysterious castle and... Uh, Try to, uh, like, win over the love of the fuzzy demi-gizmo. Because it's kind of like a pet, like you're trying to win the confidence and rapport of the pet, demi-gizmo. Will you make it out and have fun? 
Will you encounter a gizmo or seven? Did you pack your wrist, your, your, uh, whatever that thing's called that you pull the thing? Uh, yeah, think of it. Uh, prepare yourself for anything because this game just got odder. And it says it's great for the new, uh, dinosaurs and, uh, downstairs player. A content and otter things, adventure book, a rule book, uh, five uh, character sheets, uh, six dice, uh, two, uh, or, oh, a, a paintable uh, giz, demi-gizmo and then a demi-gizmo figure. So two figures. So I'm going to open the box so you won't hear this parts. And uh, so the first part of the box has the dice, which already are, uh, have the, we talked about this the last time, like sometimes the dice, you're supposed to color them in with crayons. So these already are printed. So they're blue sparkly dice with white paint. Uh, and then the two lovely uh, uh, demi-gizmo characters, one you could paint yourself. Uh, so that gives you even more things to do, fun, fun to be had. Now, I feel like last time we spent way more time on the rule book and the character sheets, so I'm going to totally skip the rule book. I think I was going through the art. Uh, it's Will Byers being so surprised by the cuteness of the demigizmo. He has a flashlight, his backpack, uh, and so so uh, like uh, I'm going to put the, do the rule book last if, if we have time, and then the character sheets. I'll just kind of run through which characters we have, and then save those for last. Uh, but this is so you can get started right away. There's uh oh, they don't have character names. Uh, but there's a Hill Dwarf, uh, Bard 3, Entertainer, Neutral Good with 900 experience points. Uh, then there's a Wood Elf, uh, who's an Acolyte, Cleric 3, Lawful Good with 900 experience points. Uh, there's a human paladin three soldier lawful good nine hundred experience points. And some of you outer things play. You know, you're saying, well, who would Emmer Otter be? There's a half orc ranger three outlander neutral good nine hundred experience points. Uh, wizard three. I think this is Will Byers. Uh, half elf acolyte neutral good nine hundred experience points. They may all have that. So those are the starting characters. It doesn't come with any blank uh, sheets to create your own character, but that's what graph paper's for. Am I right or am I right? And this, so I'm just going to use the adventure book, and then we'll keep an eye on the time here. This one is called, uh, it says it's it's written just like Mike Wheeler actually made it, even though it has a Hasbro gaming thing on it, so you don't get confused. Uh, so it kind of looks like a notebook, uh, adventure book, the hunt uh, for Cassandra, which is one of uh, uh, Gizmo, I guess this is like a particular demi-Gizmo, because uh, I guess instead of the movie where Gizmo was a name, demi-Gizmo is a representative uh, species. And uh, did I say <laughs> the the search the search for uh, uh, Cassandra? And it has some drawing with an M, I think, uh, maybe from Mike Wheeler on graph paper with some fancy art. Uh, a D&D campaign by Mike Wheeler, but the R, the E for his name is kind of falling off. Like maybe these are stickers. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm going to just, uh, I may be quoting and uh, 
but they have a picture of Will the Wise over, like, dressed as a wizard with his hand over a crystal ball inside a castle with the tower, through the window, a tower in the background. It has the credits. Uh, Stan, with exclamation point, is the one who did, and Ben uh, Petrosaur, uh, who who did the adventure. The cartography is by Stan, with an exclamation point. Uh, Jeremy Crawford did the rule book. Uh, editing by Christopher Perkins, Chris Sims, Michelle Carter, Scott Fitzgerald. Oh, Scott Fitzgerald Gray, uh, Kim Mohan. Uh, Phillips, Philip uh, Athens, and uh, Kate Welsh. Uh, D&D lead designers are Jeremy Crawford, Mike Merles, and the final, the 5th edition D&D design team, uh, Christopher Perkins, James Watt, Rodney Thompson, uh, Robert J. Schwab, uh, Peter Lee, uh, Steve Townsend, and Bruce R. Cordell. Additional contributors, uh, uh, Greg Bilsland, uh, Matt Cernet, uh, Chris Duplay, uh, Tom Lapeel, uh, Richard Baker, Miranda Horner, Jennifer Clark Wilkes, Steve Winter, and Nina Hess. And this is based on the original D&D game uh, by Gary Gaix, uh, Dave Arneson, Brian Bloom, Rob Kuntz, uh, James Ward, and Don Kay. Okay, so the first page is written on, uh, like, a loose-leaf paper. Note to myself as Dungeon Master. You should be able to, and I'm going to just paraphrase Will's, uh, or not Will, I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, we should be able to do it in one night, this game, maybe a long weekend if Dustin gets so over the top. Uh, don't rush it. As long as everyone's having fun, let's take as long as necessary. It's all about the fun, according to Mike. Oh, these are great room reminders. Describe each scene. Tell them what they see or hear or feel at the start and then let them go. Uh, they say what the characters do. I tell them what happens. Don't take control of their characters. I control everything else. Uh, the forest friends, the NPCs, uh, non-player characters like Sir Tristan, the environment, including uh, toe stubbers. And the dice reveal how things turn out. Uh, anything written with an underline can be found in the uh, Forest Friends section of the rule book. So this is very cute and a great way to start the game, I think. Don't worry too much about getting things right or being perfect. As DM, that's short for Dungeon Master. That's short for Downstairs uh, Leader, uh, Meister. Uh, just relax, let things happen naturally, enjoy playing the game. If things get confusing, do what's fair, move on. Like the rule book says, my job as DM is to make sure everyone has a good time and the story moves along slow, smoothly. Thank you, Mike. So this is kind of a story, so I don't know. Uh, I'll just kind of give you the summary of it because I don't want to take the story. Like, uh, So every, you get summoned by Sir Tristan... Uh, in the Lonely Mountains, uh, Cassandra has been appearing and uh, taking people's pies. Uh, and it's this beautifully cute f- f- creature that so, appears so often that people think there's more than one. But Sir Tristan only believes there's one. They, a lot of people think there's eight of them. And uh, it's uh, 
It drools when it sees pies. It leaves behind drool and fur. As cute as a bear is, it's a bit annoying to lose your pies. This is a big place where a lot of people eat pies. The kingdom of pies is uh, Cassandra, or they call it the Cassandra, was last seen uh, going into a burrow uh, uh, that also was famous for uh, hosting troglodytes. Uh, the characters have to go in there and uh, deal. Oh, stinky trogs, Mike calls them. You got to follow Cassandra's. Oh, this is a whole story, so I don't want to like. Uh, after that, you follow Cassandra, and we'll see what happens, right? All right, so we pick it up with Sir Tristan. You, you, Sir Tristan's throne room. The characters have never met them. He did sponsor an earlier adventure. I don't know how adventure sponsorship works. I'd like to get on that. Uh, hey, Scoots, we'll give you and Ray, let's say, 10 Gs to go to a theme park uh, and have fun. Consider it done. Bring me back some caramel corn and some cotton candy. Uh, but according to this, uh, Tristan's a kind leader, a good friend. Oh, they have met her before. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so... It says, lately, there's this thing called the, the Cassandra, and it's been taking everybody's pies. Uh, it's also very fast, and it hides quick, uh, and they have no one's been able to catch it. A bit like Pokemon, got to catch them all, and it never, it always vanishes and never leaves a trail. Now, they don't want to spend too much of uh, the industrial, you know, military-industrial complex dealing with a pie thief, uh, you know, because Tristan's got his own things he's dealing with, you know. Plus, they haven't had any luck yet. So he wants them to catch up with the Cassandra and tame it and keep it for their own pet, or if they can really tame it, uh, it Sir Tristan has it says it's super cute, Uh uh, so the, the, this is a note from Mike, uh, you know, make sure this is a good conversation uh, with Sir Tristan. Uh, everybody's nice. Uh, they're the heroes. Uh, build up their confidence. Because uh, uh, sometimes uh, Will doesn't realize he's playing a character and not himself. Okay, so next thing is uh, gifts. Uh, he says big rewards if you do this. Uh, Hundred gold, and uh, the characters could, uh, you know, uh, uh, try to negotiate for more. Uh, once they make a deal, uh, spoiler alert: Tristan's got a surprise. Uh, if the deal is fair, uh, he'll give them some magical equipment. Uh, if they were greedy, he won't give them anything extra. Uh, he starts with two bags of holding, so they can easily carry. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 um, like they're good for pets because they have food in there and uh, plenty of air. And then one of the bags is to go like a, a magical portable kitty litter thing, whatever, uh, but for any animals. He also has a wand that makes pets, uh, sleep and then a, a neon, uh, staff uh, that's very hypnotic. Uh, it's called, uh, Winter's Sweet Kiss, uh, and it's it, when it's not lit up in neon, it uh, looks like black metal, plus one. 
against uh, trying to uh, charm the uh, the Cassandra plus Suri uh, when used in the Upside Down. That's a famous theme park uh, plus four. Okay, next thing is rumors on the road. Look at all these rumors surrounding me every day. The characters sing as they walk down the road. Just need some time, some time to get away. Looking for Cassandra. They do meet friends. Uh, you could have a sh- few short ro- role-playing encounters here. Uh, some of the NPCs do have some info. Others are just distractions. Just like playing Baldur's Gate for me. Uh, make sure they have fun uh, or the group might ignore them. Especially Lucas. He wants to get down to business. Uh, here's a couple of things again. A merchant could offer them one apple each. Uh, he says the local apples used to taste oh uh, better in a pie before Cassandra started taking the pies. Uh, so he thinks maybe that uh, Cassandra's hiding in the apple orchards. Uh, traveling priest says uh, sometimes uh, lower forest friends worship bigger ones. Uh, and that there's troglodytes nearby. Uh, they might know something about Cassandra. A woodcutter warns them that some of the uh, things around here are uh, not lucky. Once you enter, you get like, a, uh, oh, what, some of the animal burrows. So you, they say, geez, you, you, like you don't want to go in there. They, they Some of them are restrooms. Uh, and then an elderly farmer, it says, doesn't believe in Cassandra. He thinks it's just a, uh owl uh, that steals spies or Yogi Bear. And no one mentioned that except for this. Uh, the kid said, who's Yogi Bear? And the person said, Google it. Uh, then, okay, once the players get bored, time to move on. Okay, now we're into the troglodyte dens. Uh, uh, have uh, someone do a DC-12 ability check uh, if they're searching. Uh, you want intelligence and wisdom if they're searching for the Cassandra's tracks uh, or another skill. If uh, everything checks out, then they find the entrance to the burrow. Uh, use a map to describe what the, they see. Let them pick in what order they go in. And when they reach a number area, see the area's description. Uh, If they they don't have a skill check, uh, they still arrive, uh, but they do so uh, when eight troglodytes show up, and then they have to deal with that situation with a dance-off. Okay, area one, the start of the burrow. A successful DC check reveals uh, a burrow recently visited by 25... uh, Triglodytes, an owl, and that's uh, Cassandra. Area two, empty, nothing. But they lose all the footprints. Uh, area three, Jack uh, in the box to someone left behind. Uh, it's empty, but in the hall is a Jack in the box, uh, which uh, someone, a character might accidentally, you, you play the music and you spin that thing. Uh, and but not everybody in this party is familiar with it, so they would say, "Well, the jack pops out of the box. Uh, someone get a frighty poo." So they have to do a DC ten dexterity, or if you don't, two D six, uh, and uh, 
you catch it, you get plus two to catch your breath. Uh, those who succeed, uh, you only have to wait half as long to catch their breath. Uh, it'll be, you can't go through that hall. I don't know if they totally understand. Area four, uh, birthday party room. Uh, this is where the Trigolites have their birthday parties. There's, uh, 200 uh, GP in uh, gift cards, uh, some stick-on gems and necklaces uh, worth, uh, you know, uh, unspecified pennies. Uh, there's also a secret door that connects to Area 6 that you need a DC-15 uh, ability check uh, using intelligence uh, uh, investigation or open using dexterity. Area 5 is a common chamber. This is where, uh, oh, this is a bedroom, uh, and there's 10 uh, triangulites sleeping in there. Uh, they get woken up and they go into Area 6 when they see their characters because they say, what are you doing? We, just, we were trying to sleep. Now we've got to go get our coffee. Okay, Area 6 is a royal chamber. Uh, oh, this is where the lo- like leaders sleep. Uh, oh, they actually, and the triangulites have a fair and noble ru- ruler, a bit like Sir Tristan. And he speaks common, uh, and if they're nice, you know, they, they could work together. If they're polite and they ask about Cassandra, he'll say Cassandra comes into the woods, goes through the, the burrow, and then heads to a labyrinth. Uh, never travels the other way, though, a key piece of information. Area 6 is a false treasure room, just like the birthday room, but uh, after a party, and the characters do have to clean up. If they don't do a successful DC-10 investigation check, it's going to be a really messy room. And uh, it'll be so messy they have to go back to Area 5. Anyone in the hallway uh, then has to do another check. uh, Otherwise, they have to spend even more time cleaning up after this birthday party. Uh, area eight is uh, where uh, the the, bir- the what are those people called that supervise birthday parties that aren't parents? Uh, whatever the like, uh, what are they called when you you say, "Oh, I'm going to help out watching these kids out of chaperone room"? All chaperones are in here talking about seriously boring stuff. Uh, so if you get if you make too much, oh, you try to sneak through there. Uh, otherwise, they come in and they talk to you about math and even other stuff. Uh, area in nine is where the owl sleeps. Uh, don't wake up the owl because it'll say who over and over again. So you need to use dexterity uh, against an outroll its perception, which is 13. If failure means it wakes up and goes who, 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 and nobody wants to hear that. Ooh, Area 18 is their pool, a 10-foot-deep pool of fresh water. Uh, But there is a frog, uh, and if you... uh, Oh, uh, okay, so it's one of those frogs that uh, doesn't realize there's no pee in the pool. So the first person who happens to put their foot in the water is going to be putting it in right next to the frog who's putting pee in the pool. And that's not good for anybody. Area 11 is a shrine. This is where Troglodytes worship their god, Key Largo, and they sing the song, Key Largo. 
there's a, a map of Q Argo. I guess it must have been something, though, which is a place, I think. Uh, and uh, uh, under the map is, uh, oh, d- b- fake gold doubloons. Uh, maybe they think in, in fake gems. Okay. Uh, the musty labyrinth. This looks like a normal labyrinth. Uh, twisting, turning hallways. Uh, but guess what? There's no solution. I'll tell you right now. But we'll. I don't think uh, we would tell the characters this. Uh, totally random. Funny because I'm reading the book, The Maze Runner, right now, and I didn't see the movie before or read the book. Uh, uh, so as soon as you try to turn back and retrace your steps, the past changes behind you. Uh, use the first few hallways shown on the map, uh, but when the characters move off the map, use the table below to find out where they go next. Uh, uh, if they turn around, the maze remains the same until they go around the corner, open the door, and uh, from there on, it's just a random labyrinth. Okay, this one's special encounters. If you're going through, uh, the, the, the musty labyrinth, uh, you could have some inter- interesting encounters. Uh, uh, roll on the following table. If you get the same result twice, re-roll or choose one. Uh, let's see. One is like painting on the wall. Uh, two is yard sale. Uh, three, somebody stubs their toe. Uh, four, more troglodytes. Uh, five, a black light room. And six, a knight who got lost. Uh, okay, so that's pretty special. Like uh, the one with the painting in the walls, uh, if you uh, go, roll that one, you go into a hallway where somebody's there and they say, oh, thank goodness you're here to paint the walls, uh, get to work. Uh, but you do can tell that uh, like a lot of the painting, what happened was that... Uh, yeah, uh, that uh, you could see paw prints from last time they tried to paint it from the Cassandra. Okay, uh, what was the next room I said? I can't even remember. Uh, but if you go in there, uh, there's tons of la- oh, it's a yard sale, so tons of people selling stuff, uh, and most of it's incredibly boring. Yeah, but there is one you could roll for, which is like one collectible you've been looking for. Uh, worth 3d20. Uh, stub your toe. Uh, along here, there's one of the characters will stub their toe unless they do a DC 12 intelligence investigation to detect it where you're going to stub your toe and then a DC 12 to get past it. Uh, those, those, you know, anybody else gets this toe stub. Uh, Triglodytes, uh, four of them are just hanging there. And they could talk, they'd immediately talk your ear off because they've been, this is like, uh, they've been in the maze too. Uh, next one, I already forgot what it was. A black light room. Uh, even more like, it's like one of those mazes, though, like with a mirror maze. Uh, so that'll take a while. And then, uh, and then the lost, the knights who's lost, uh, Okay, so you counter the, the knight who's lost, uh, wearing a full suit of armor, who's been lost in there. Uh, at the long, end of a long hallway, he knows they're looking for the Cassandra, and he'll, he'll help them if he, they solve his riddles. Uh, if you try to run after him, 
uh, like uh, you have to go back to the randomness, uh, but you have to stop chasing. Oh, wait, I guess uh, maybe uh, the first riddle is simple. Just catch him. Uh, the front is the, okay, so it's a, a riddle. I don't want to solve the riddles for you or tell, tell you them. Uh, uh, the characters, the second riddle, so the first one is just basically catch him, it's a short version. Uh, second one uh, is uh, he says, Can you find the missing piece to finish my collection? And basically, have to do that. Uh, he does, I guess, have a collectibles, which is interesting because you were just doing collectibles. So maybe that has it. Uh, he's a bit of a, he's got a lot of stuff, though, a lot of collectibles. Also, a few pies, uh, a basket of laundry, a plate, a ton, t- t- 24 sculptures of crows. This is really in there. So you do have to uh, uh, figure it out. Uh, and uh, eventually you do that, and then the, if you do solve it, uh, he explains that you're already that uh, this uh, uh, musty may musty labyrinth is not in our world. Uh, it's in a oh demi plane. So not oh not only is there a, a demi gizmo, there's a demi plane, and that's the Cassandra's found a way to push through it to a place called the Upside Down, which is also a theme park. And he says there's only one way, you know, one way in. You got to find a different way out, just like the um, the dudes, the the troglodytes said. Okay, so they go into the upside down. Which, uh, if you've seen Otter Things, it's like this uh, a theme park where nothing works right or how you expect it. Similar to regular theme parks, but completely different. Uh, and. Uh, it's uh, even more fun, but, you know, it doesn't cost anything. That's one part of it. Uh, no waiting in lines. Uh, uh, only healthy food that the kids don't necessarily like, but lots of carrot sticks and stuff like that. Uh, uh, you don't have uh, no bedtimes, uh, so that's good. And... Uh, when it gets close to our world, it looks like our world. So trees and stuff like that, they just look a little bit different. You know, like neon paints. So the black light was getting us prepared for this. Okay, remember that uh, Winner's Kiss uh, is more useful uh, when you're in the Upside Down. Plus four, don't forget that. Okay, the Upside Down is, uh, this is just supposed to be fun, Uh so uh, ha- make sure to have extra fun. You know, make a, well, we, uh, Mike says to design some rides for people to ride. Make sure they're similar to ours but different. Uh, so uh, he says, I don't even know what a roller coaster would be. But like a, like a carousel would be upside down. You'd ride on the horse's, you'd hold on to the horse's legs. Uh, so that's just one example. He said it's a little bit obvious. Explore level, do some prep, uh, describe sections, you know, uh, make sure to have fun. He says, uh, then eventually the characters will find Cassandra's tracks, uh, but also other tracks. Uh, some tracks are, you know, all, the tracks are impossible to follow. Uh, they look back on themselves. None of it makes any sense. Uh, uh, then there's uh, the haughty. Uh, Henrietta, uh, suddenly 
uh, appears on it. This, this is another sage. Uh, appears uh, strong, proud, uh, warrior, uh, princess who uh, looks at the characters and is now worried about them. Uh, she, you don't want to mess with her. Uh, if they do, uh, like uh, she shrugs it all off, uh, and she can always catch them. She's got a quest of her own, though she won't talk about the details. She says, stay out of my way because I'm haughty and keep away. But then she says, here's how to find Cassandra. She sounds interesting. I'd like to go on her adventure. Uh, Cassandra uses the upside down uh, to get back to its house without being tracked. Uh, it's, uh, it's a place, it's, a, it's another burrow where the magical plane and the upside down touch. Oh, material plane, it's our world. Oh, a special plant goes there. A plant whose flowers bloom in both worlds. Uh, and these flowers can be used to cross between worlds if you perform a certain, certain ritual, uh, which involves lips that have kissed uh, the, just the forehead of a fuzzy friend. A uh, fuzzy friend, just like Cassandra. Uh, so it, it can, and actually, you can kiss your hand and then kiss your head. That's how Cassandra gets through the gateways. Uh, she says, go the, the, this way to catch the flowers. Uh, and if you want to open a gateway, you'll have to kiss kiss the forehead, like uh, the forehead of uh, Cassandra, who's walking around somewhere in there. And she says, it's a demi, a demi gizmo. And she says the demigizmo is uh, uh, will come not if you call or whistle, uh, but if you sing a song joyfully. So uh, the easiest way to get it to come to you is just to sing joyfully and maybe do some dancing as you walk along. Uh, So one of the characters, and you have to actually do this like when you're playing the game, uh, Mike says, yeah, so... A lot of people won't want to do it because uh, you have to actually physically walk around and sing and do a little dancing in front of everybody. Uh, If you do that uh, and uh, uh, 1d6 minutes later, uh, 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 you'll hear the the, uh, demigizmo snoring somewhere in, in the darkness. Uh, if no one wants to dance or whistle, then you have to search for, without snoring for the demigizmo. You'd need to do try a DC 15 wisdom survival check. If this is successful, you'll find the demigizmo. If it fails, you try again. Uh, if it fails three times, uh, you have to run around. Everybody has to run around and dance and sing super fast uh, until they're all tired. And that's real, not in the game. Okay, Demi Gizmo is, uh, we kind of described it, but it's Gizmo, but kid size. Uh, so, same size as Ted in that movie. Uh, it has flowers, its breath smells like flowers. Uh, currently lives there in the Upside Down. And, uh, oh, but bad news is it wants, it has been in our world, so it started thinking about charging for rides in the Upside Down. Uh, and, uh, like, uh, it doesn't nece- it's not necessarily a good listener, so that's the biggest issue. 
so the haughty, haughty Harriet says you got to really sing uh, uh, to get it in to get the creature calm and close enough so you could kiss it when it's it when it's uh, rapport and kiss its forehead to open it up uh, so you can go back to your world. Uh, so that's going to take some tri- time and problem solving by the team, uh, the party. Uh, and you obviously, hint to hint, you have that thing. So you don't just have to sing. You could use the thingamajig, uh, the, whatever the winner's kiss and whatever the other thing was. Uh, the magic bags. Uh, okay, after you kiss the forehead... Uh, and you, you, you win the rapport of, uh, the demigizmo, you could go into the cavern with the flowers, uh, and, uh, the one thing is when you get there, you got to get close to the flower and breathe in its smell, but it, it's so, it smells so good. Uh, you have to do a DC 12, uh, dexterity save roll, or you'll be so overwhelmed how good it smells. You got to sit down for, uh, a while. And you'll get lost and go back to area one of uh, uh, the, uh, the Cassandra's burrow. Okay, so anyway, uh, I think, or maybe that's where, where you go. Uh, when they go through the flower, uh, they're back in our world, uh, pretty close to Sir Tristan's castle. And uh, you can, they can even, oh, I don't know. It's clear that uh, there's tracks of Cassandra in the way, and they lead into a nearby burrow. Oh, I see. So you come out there. Uh, so area one is the entrance to the burrow, and there's the flowers growing along the rocks and stuff. Uh, area two uh, has a black light painting on the ceiling, which is totally psychedelic, man. Uh uh, so you could lie there and look at those. There's a couple of people just in there chilling, looking at the ceiling. Yeah, 20, 20 uh, area three is another, like this happens a lot in these games, like a hopscotch, uh, like it's a bridge. You have to hopscotch across. Otherwise, uh, you do it. Uh, you got a DC 12 strength athletics to be able to do the proper hopscotch. Uh, and uh, it means uh, yeah, if you don't do it, you got to wait forever. Uh, nearby is a hidden room marked with an S, uh, DC-12 wisdom perception check. Uh, to notice it, once found, you could use the secret passage. Uh, area 4, 10 troglodytes live there. They worship Cassandra. Uh, so they wonder if you have, like, they can hear Cassandra snoring. Uh, so you'd have to tell them that, you, like, you'll have to debate with them for a long time and wisdom rolls and stuff like that. Uh, area five at the back is, uh, oh, this is uh, Cassandra's bathroom, so you really don't want to be there. Uh, so try to, hopefully the characters avoid that and don't step in anything. Area six is where the troglodytes would leave presents for Cassandra. Uh, so there's all little niches in the walls, uh, which have little gifts uh, for Cassandra, which would be useful to win over, like, uh, snacks. Uh, it says, see conclusion below. 
Uh, oh, wait a second. So we haven't caught Cassandra? I thought we did. Oh, we only kissed Cassandra's thing. Okay, my bad. Maybe not, though. Maybe, but this is Area 7 is where Cassandra lives uh, and is asleep. Oh, so you just follow the snoring. Maybe they kissed it on her forehead and then it got away and then it went back to sleep. Uh, but you do want to kick, 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 sneak up. Uh, if, I guess it's maybe if you haven't caught uh, Cassandra yet. Uh, and basically, that's it. Like, if you're in this room, you ca- you got to ca- catch in, uh, Cassandra, but not just by catching Cassandra. You got to uh, win Cassandra over, though you may have already done that. Scoots was right, of course, and the other one may be. If you do. Now, this depends on your rolling your dice and your own decisions. Uh, there's a couple options. One, if you totally, like, uh, I think if you had some sort of animal throwing roll or something, then uh, you could be, Cassandra could become Sir Tristan's pets. Uh, you could win a lifetime supply of pies from the town. Uh, you could go back and get the rights from Sir Tristan to run the Upside Down as your own theme park and then charge tickets or not, uh, charge pies, whatever. Additionally, in Area 6 of Cassandra's thing, not only do you find food for Cassandra, but art uh, and other fan things that people of Cassand- Cassandra's fans made worth a 1,000 gold pieces, uh, uh, plus, you could pick and give him a magic item if you want. And that's how that adventure ends. But, you know, to find out, like, to play it, uh, yeah, to play it, you know, you could check out, uh, you could check it out, you know, you could, you could check out your local gaming store and then ask them. And if they don't have it, you know, ask them to order it for you. Uh, so you give them your local money. Uh, but, yeah, it's Otter Things, a famous Netflix show. And then, yeah, one day, I guess it would be on Dis- whatever the Disney one is, because I think they own Emmett Otter's rights, maybe. You know, one day you'll be hearing from me complaining that uh, they made Otter things, O-T-T-E-R things, without my without me, and I'll be sad. But, you know, then I'll get over it and I'll say, uh, you know what, Scoots, what would they say? They'd say, Scoots, ain't no hole in the wash tub, man. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and... uh you know, go see the River Bottom Fun Time Band. So that's it. Uh, here's some thank yous and good nights. Good nights.